Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of combat sports, the great Teddy Atlas, and today's extra special guest, a man who really needs no introduction, but I'll read you some of his accolades anyway. Arguably one of the best top one, pop one running backs in the history of the sport. Facts. Baseball standout at Swamp Scott High School, possibly one of the best players in the history of Massachusetts high school sports. One of the greatest fight promoters in the history of combat sports, Boston Superfan. Uh, probably the most famous Michigan grad in the history of the school, just ahead of the great Thomas Brady. He's the new king of all media, the great Dave Portnoy, El Presidente. Dave, thanks for being with us. Quite the intro. I appreciate it. Did I miss anything? No, I listen. That, that, that was good. That was good. Hey, Dave, thank you. Um, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, all seriousness, congratulations on everything that you've done, you know, on your, with your show and for your success, continued growth with the new things Barstool Sports is doing. Um, you know, signing UFC fighters like Patty the Batty and doing work on boxing broadcasts with uh, The Zone. Uh, as, as Ken touched on, you graduated the University of Michigan with a degree in education. So my first question to start this interview is what inspired you to move into the direction, you know, obviously that you have uh, in creating Barstool Sports? Yeah, well, I mean, the education thing, if we're being honest, uh, I couldn't pass the language requirement at Michigan in the liberal arts, and they had no language in uh, the education school. So I was just <laughs> snaking my way to get my degree. So I never wanted to teach. I always wanted to try to do my own thing. Um, and I like gambling. I was, uh, I, I like betting on sports. I like betting on anything. So it started as a gambling newspaper. Uh, that's how Barstool started. So I was just trying to find something really, uh, that when I woke up, I didn't hate going to my job. So that's, that was kind of the genesis of it really. Well, in all seriousness with that, having said that, um, you, you saw something, you were, with or ahead of the curve, I think it's fair to say. I'm a caveman. You know, I, I had a flip phone until somebody took it out of my hand and yeah. forced me to get, you know, one of these intelligent phones, whatever they call them. Um, and I'd still have it if it wasn't taken out of my hand. But um, you, with this streaming thing, which, you know, the internet to a certain point is still part theory and rumor to me because I I am I am a caveman. Um but with the streaming thing, you were ahead of the curve. You saw it, especially with the young people. Can you talk on that a little bit? Yeah, so we get a lot of credit sometimes for a lot of things, and we're definitely our, – our big strength, I think, is we're, we're fast movers. We're nimble. We're not a big company, and, you know, we'll try a lot of things. If it works, awesome. If it doesn't, we don't care. We go to the next. Like the streaming thing, for example um, – that, that came about, we, we knew we wanted, fan reactions always sell. We thought that. And then with streaming, it was, you know, let, let people see us watch the game and get a viral fan reaction. Weirdly, when we moved to New York uh, and set it all up probably like six, seven years ago, the streaming, our, we couldn't get TV the way we thought we could in our office. We couldn't get a direct connection. We had to go direct TV with direct TV. You're always on a delay, which we didn't really think of, but we're watching the games. I don't know. Can you anywhere five to 20 seconds behind what people in their houses are doing? So unbeknownst to us, people knew what happened 
before we did. So you can go any sport, big knockout, home run, touchdown, turnover. They knew it happened, and then they could go watch us almost to watch someone die. It's like people don't care about when something good happens. You want to see somebody lose. You want to see a terrible home run hit against you. You want to see an interception. So if something bad happens, seeing that viral reaction, it's just, it's everything. The reaction, I mean, you see like, you know, UFC does it every time with their broadcast crew after a big knockout. What do they do? The cut of the three of them going crazy. There's something viral about that. So, uh, yeah, we were early to it. Everyone tries to do it now, the alternative broadcasts. Well, what got you into a, a, a segue off of what you just said? You just talked about, you know, fights and stuff. What what brought you into now branching out to where you're doing some of the boxing broadcasts? I mean, you've you've been in some big shows. I mean, you, you didn't start off small. You went right to Canelo. So. Yeah, yeah, and when he lost, too. Uh, so we, we Arsenal's always looking for content. And this is, I don't know, now, 12 years ago, somebody sent me these videos. They're like, Dave, you got to watch these. It was essentially a tough man competition in West Virginia, in rural West Virginia, called, and it was called Rough and Rowdy. So someone sent me a YouTube video, and I went down a rabbit hole. And the, the way these guys were talking, they were cutting promo videos like it was the WWE, like chainsaws in a parking lot, like, I'm going to cut this guy's head off. <laughs> so... I was like, geez, I got to I gotta go see what this is about. So I flew down there and watched it, and I had never seen anything like it. And it was, it was exhilarating. It was funny. There were real fights. There were guys who were gassed in 10 seconds. There were spin. It was, it was just, it was two, three hours of pure entertainment. And um, I, I, I always saw it. And then about 10 years after I saw it the first time, Barstool had a little money behind us. And I was like, you know, uh, well, I guess I probably, one of our guys who joined us want to fight in it. And I'm like, all right, let's go make content. We, so we flew down to West Virginia and he was going to fight in it. And everyone asking, how can I watch? How can I watch? I want to watch his fight. This was, I don't know, 24 hours before he fought. We rigged together this pay-per-view. I think we charged like three or $4 and we did 15,000 people bought it. In, in 24 hours, light bulb went off. It's like, well, we may have something here because we didn't pay very much to do it. And we en- ended up buying the company, the rough and rowdy. So we started doing these fights. And, you know, I've talked to some of the promoters and they almost don't believe us, the numbers that I, because ever, as you know, Teddy, as well as I'm a boxing in the shady industry. So I tell them the pay-per-view numbers. I say, we did 60,000 pay-per-views. We did 100,000 pay-per-views. They're like, no, you didn't. It's like, yeah, we did. Now we do it at $29.99. But you can do the math. If you're getting fifty to 100,000 pay-per-views at that price and you're not paying the fighters, I'm not dealing with Don King. There's no promoters involved. You can make some pretty good money. So we started doing these. And for us, you get 30 fights or 20 fights. It's supposed to be half comedy. It's supposed to be real. We have a champion, and it's just a crazy night. It's a tough man. And it, 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 I still think pound for pound, money, dollar for dollar, it's as entertaining as you can get. So we've been doing the fights. The DAZN thing came about. Um, the guy who owns it, he's, he's a Russian guy, right? And I met him at a, yes, I met him at a party, and his kid was a big Barstool fan. 
And I didn't really know people come up. They say, hello, whatever. I, I met him. He's like, he's like, can I take your cell phone? I'd like to meet one day. I was like, sure. I researched him. He said, can we meet at 9 a.m. tomorrow at a hotel? After I researched him, I, he said, could have said I had to meet him in Mars. I would have made time to meet him. And, he, you know, he, he started talking. What can we do together? And the Canelo fight was coming up. I said, I think there's a market for an alternative broadcast. You know, not everybody is uh, uh, the most boxing purist of all time. So there may be something where we put our spin on it. I'm interested. I like boxing. But I don't know that I would have bought that Canelo fight, to be honest. I didn't know how good the other guy was until after the fact, really. But there's a lot of people who combine kind of us with the big fight, and you may have something. So that's how it came about. We did the same thing with Jake Paul. We had a we didn't call the whole fight, but when Jake Paul uh, fought in Cleveland, we were on the Showtime broadcast. So you know, it's just coming up with new ideas. I actually think eventually there should be alternative broadcasts or different ways to buy it for almost everything, not just boxing, but everything. Well, you're 100 percent right. It's already playing out. You're you're playing. Let me just you're playing it out. And and also with the football, you know, the biggest market there is out there. Look what the Mannings are doing. They got oh. them. You got the alternative where you could go and listen to Peyton and and um, his brother Manning uh, instead of the broadcast of, oh. of the and it's already Monday set Night up. Football. It's not. It's not for like you know for zone or who. It's not that big of a cost to just add that extra option. You already have everything there, so I think it'll be something that comes all the way across. Hey guys, just want to take a quick pause to give a thank you to today's sponsor, Athletic Greens. They've been with us from the beginning. It's the all-in-one daily drink to support better health and peak performance. If you know anything, you know that I love Athletic Greens. It's super easy and convenient to use. I put one scoop in the special shaker bottle that comes with it. Boom. Easy peasy, fresh and breezy. These guys spent 10 years with top nutritionists and doctors to create this formula. It's made from 75 whole food sourced ingredients, so it's got vitamins, minerals, all the stuff you're looking for. It's like an insurance policy for your body's health and immunity. It's all you need to stay on top of your health game. So whatever else you take, and really you only need athletic greens. Special offer to our listeners, 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas to get the 10 free travel packs. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash atlas. Today's episode's also brought to you by one of my favorite plant-based products. It's Feel Free from from Botanic Tonics, B-O-T-A-N-I-C, tonics.com. Use the promo code ATLAS to save a whopping 40% off your first order. This stuff is a a natural euphoric plant-based elixir. Honestly, it's supposed to create a calming effect. I take it before I run and I've had some of the best runs of my life, including races. So botanic tonics, feel free, give them a shot. Use the promo code Alice, 40% off your first order. Can I, uh, Dave, I just want to say that rough and rowdy, I can see, I never miss a fight, UFC or boxing, any pay-per-view. I tell the guy who produces this show, Rob Moore, I tell him, dude, rough and rowdy's on. I never miss one of them. Even my wife will be like, are you really watching that? I'm like, this is like the best entertainment ever. One fight after another. The commentary is great. The characters are insane. Yeah, I can tell you every single not- person who's fought on them. And that show you did in Cleveland, I was there with, uh, exactly, and that show you did in Cleveland, I was there with uh, Poirier, and the reaction that you guys got when you walked into the crowd was unbelievable. Like, I've been watching this stuff uh, develop from a distance, and it's just been unbelievable to watch. 
Very happy for you as a fellow Bostonian. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, the, the rough and rowdy. I mean, again, it's it's it almost is like the early, early UFC, right? When they, they there's no rules. They're just coming in from everywhere. The, the fight's over. Next one's going. You get a couple duds. But, I mean, we had a guy attack a guy. <laughs> we had a guy attack a guy. He got arrested like two seconds. Another fighter attacked another fighter right after the fight. You just never know. It's it's. It's true reality TV. And it's all connected to the entertainment business. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, we, we want our athletics. We want our, we want our abilities to, you know, to watch somebody who's athletic, somebody who is uh, top in their profession. But we want to be entertained. I mean, let's be honest. Well, the I, re- I go back once at least a month and I watch the recap of the Fan Man fight. There it is. Because I mean, there's a, what, right there. That was about a maniac coming in on a freaking parachute, kite, whatever, in the middle of an HBO fight, a world title, heavyweight title fight, and flying into the ring and then getting the crap beat out of him. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but that, that makes it memorable. It's like half nobody. The, you, the, the, like Tyson biting the air. I, I always say, I, when you tune especially with combat 100%. sports, you want entertainment. And, and sometimes it's the fight in the ring, and sometimes it's things you could never imagine in a million years. You just mentioned... The, no one brings it like Bobby Lang. You yeah. just mentioned the one that uh, <laughs> is the key to this whole thing, Mike Tyson. Now listen, Mike Tyson's best athletic days were way behind him. He wasn't a great fighter anymore, you know? I mean, I know he fought Roy Jones in their 50s and, you know, did that stuff. But, I mean, as far as being a, a great fighter... That day was gone, but yet he was still a huge draw because people knew that something crazy might happen. He might bite a guy's head off. You know, he might pick a guy up in the middle of the ring and throw him out of the ring, even if those things weren't going to happen. Just the fact that he was connected to the possibility of that, that continued to keep him in the, in the, you know, in the, in the light that he didn't deserve anymore as an athlete. 100%. You, I mean, you tune in for the unpredictable and even now it's even emphasized more because craziness is what sets like the internet on fire, whether it be Twitter or whatever, you know, great knockout does it, but craziness does it times 10. I mean, obviously your mind is, is key to understanding what gets people's attention and that's key to what makes money. Um, Does that bring us to why you signed up your first signing of Patty the Batty? I mean, so yeah. I saw I had never heard of Patty the Batty till he got that. Not his, I think it was his first UFC fight. He he got caught a little bit and then knocked the guy out. And I went down a rabbit hole of his highlights. And there was something that was causing me to do that. There was something that I was watching this guy and I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Well, he and has we, the it factor. Would you would you exactly? I mean, Exactly, and you know it when you. And by the way, we were the first mainstream sp- sport. I think we were the first mainstream like fight guys that had him on. We had him on as a guest as soon as he had his first fight in the UFC. And he's great, right? He's great on the mic. He's great oh, all the way around. And I, I, so that was part of it. And then my business brain of it is like, Dana is no idiot. I don't think he's going to be fighting King Kong anytime soon because the more he wins, <laughs> the bigger the draw he is. So. And, and, you know, who knows how he'll be with the talent. But I, I saw after that fight, 
I DM'd him on Instagram and I said, I'm interested. I, he, he may not, he probably had no idea and got connected soon. And, and we did it. It just, he was just very different. That's the it factor, whatever it is. There wasn't a UFC guy in a long time where I just was like going down every video I could find, every interview I could find, everything about him. I, as a fan, I was like, who is this guy? Um, and then he could fight a little bit. So it was the right thing. And then we've signed his partner in crime here, Molly the Meatball, who's every bit as electric as he is. Um, she had that huge elbow knockout. So it's just kind of gut feel. It wasn't like I was going around saying, hey, I want a UFC, guys. And you, you guys probably know this better. There's two sports where people reach out for sponsorships and money more than any other thing I've been involved with. The fight game and auto racing. Those two groups need money. They need sponsors to train. <laughs> so everyone's reaching out, but I wasn't looking for it. I just thought there's something about him and her that I haven't seen in a long time. So let's take a flyer. And if he wins a bunch, it's going to keep on building. So I'm going out to London for their next fight. I think it's uh, mid, late July. I think I'm going to be in their entourage walking into the ring with them. Well, that yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, that's great. Seems um, appropriate. Yeah, yeah, that fits right in. Listen, Dave, all for that. Where with that thinking that obviously outside the box thinking and really, I, I wouldn't even. I give you credit outside the box, but it's common sense thinking. I mean, it's uh, what do people want, and if people want it, let's give it to them. Um, where did you come up with the pizza reviews? Because obviously, they become. Uh, a big part of what you're doing, pretty famous. Yeah, so that was about seven years ago. I started them in Boston. Our company relocated to New York. But it, it, it started myself, another guy, Big Cat, who's huge here. We got in a debate one day. If you could eat one food the rest of your life, anything. You had to eat at breakfast, lunch, dinner. What would it be? He said burritos. I said pizza. He's going, you know, breakfast, burrito, and stuff like that. So we did it. We did it for like a month. Every, every meal, everything, pizza. I was eating so much of it. People just be like, hey, is it any good? And I, I'm like, all right, I'll score real quick. One bite, here's the score. And just right away, it's what you said, Ted. You can tell what people want. For whatever reason, people wanted it. I, they were reacting to it. They were engaged with it. So when we moved to New York, I said, I'll try every place in Manhattan. I don't think I thought I'd be doing it for seven years. But, you know, a lot of people, that's all they know about me. They don't know anything else. They think it's a club who eats pizza. That's all he does. Well, there's a lot more to Dave Portnoy than pizza um, and mozzarella. I can tell you that much. But I tell you, you got me in a little trouble. And listen, I don't never blame nobody else for anything. I mean, uh, I live to be, uh, you know, accountable for my own. I think that's part of the problem with the world now. People aren't accountable uh, for themselves. They want to make excuses. But in all kidding, a little bit of kidding anyway, I... I got myself in trouble. You were nice enough to invite me on one of your pizza reviews, and we did it in Staten Island. We did it in a place called Doe. And um, I can't tell you, I can't go anywhere out to eat, anywhere in a deli, anywhere anymore without somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, we saw you on a pizza. I said, well, I've been doing boxing for like, I've been in boxing 50 years. I mean, not for nothing. I, I, everyone's got a little ego. I said, I, I've been boxing. I was on ESPN 25 years. Um, you know, I did other things too, other than Dave Portnoy's uh, pizza review. And and uh, yeah, yeah, but that was great. We saw you on a pizza review. And all my friends saw you on a pizza. And everyone in my school told, saw you on a pizza. And they all talked, and it was great. And they loved it and this and that. And then what happens? I go in, out to eat. 
one night, and me and my wife were sitting there, and a guy comes, Teddy, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. He said, you know, a friend of mine, and you know how Staten Island is, Dave. Oh, yeah. You know, your friend of mine, friend of yours, friend of who, friend of ours, you know, who, who are you friend of? And they, he comes up, he says, uh, Ted, you know, we got mutual friends, and uh, a friend of mine, he, he has this pizza place, you did a review, and uh, you didn't give him the best score, you know, uh, in the world. Is there a chance maybe you could, uh, you, you could fix that? I said, fix what? He said, "You know, you get a, if you get a shot out there, maybe, maybe to do another one, you could give him a little better score, because you know he he makes a good pizza, Ted, and your score was a little low, and uh, <laughs> he, you know, he said, Ted, I can't believe it, Teddy Atlas came in my place with Dave Portnoy, and he gave me a bad score. So I said, oh, well, that, that's that's the game. Listen, new the place, New Park Pizza. I did the the, the the people. It's a very famous spot." People didn't like my score. I'm getting death threats. <laughs> like, if you have a step foot around here, they people take that very I'm serious. telling you. And Staten Island, I mean, everywhere I go now. Now, I've been out since then. You know, I would say five more times I've been around. Guy come, Teddy, I got, we got friends. I said, you too? I got a friend over, you know, and, and he just said, if maybe you get a chance to, you could rectify that score. I said, listen. Buddy, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Tell her I didn't mean to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm new at this. I didn't think a six point eight was a bad score. I, I I'm sorry. Oh, six point eight. Were you trying to bury them? Yeah, it's just, six oh, the score is buried. A six eight well, now is a bad score. I, I used to <laughs> when it started. I would go down to two three. I didn't care about. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I was trying, I took it serious. I took it serious. I was like trying, I'm thinking, I'm saying, well, the sauce is a little different. It's good, but it's a little different. All right, I'll give it a, I'll give it 6-8. You know, I was trying to, uh, I took it too serious. Yeah. People are taking it back. Serious uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like the De Niro movie in Goodfellas. Remember when, when uh, the guy says, Dave, he says, uh, De Niro says to you insulted him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. You know, Ted, yeah. you insulted him a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. So it was terrible. Now I get the only they come out, they watch the review, they're standing there. It's like, I, it's, but it, I got to be, I got to be honest. That's why people like them. That's what the highlight of the pizza review is. Well, yeah, yeah. the highlight is that you're going to yeah. give them the score they get no matter yeah. what. I love oh, when they're standing there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> How did you get the old Presidente uh, moniker? So that that when when I started Barstool, I, I was in a debate with one of my buddies, just busting balls, and it, and I sense I forget what we were arguing about, but I was like I, I I think I know what I'm talking about. I'm the president of my company. You know, the company is one. I started as brand new. It's like actually you're not because you're going to be incorporated like legally to be. Uh, uh, I said CEO, excuse me, I'm the CEO of the company. He's like, actually, you're not. You got to be incorporated to be a CEO. I said, fine, fuck it. I'm the president. So that just stuck. Yeah, well, it's 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 been out there. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows yeah. El Presidente. So it obviously has uh, some value to it. Yeah, sure, yeah. Hey, Dave, um, we asked for some questions, and I've got a guest caller on the line. Um, Henry Blodgett, come yeah, on in. right. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that would be the day. That would be the day. 
Dude, nothing makes me happier than you refusing to let them off the hook because I agree with you. What they did was like a complete hit piece, but I love the fact that you never let it go and every chance you get, you call them a scumbag and you go, you want to play games with me? I'm going to play games with you. Let's go. I love it. Yeah, he's the worst. I mean, uh, I've always been that. I think that's sort of like an East Coast personality. Like, you know, I, I don't. I don't mind mixing it up and I, I hold grudges, but yeah, he's a, he's a different level. I mean, he's a real scumbag. I mean, he's a crook. So, uh, but he, he's <laughs> not my favorite guy ever to come down the pike. You, that is you know, sure. you said some a minute, a few minutes ago, uh, Dave, where there's a value to entertainment. There's a value to understanding what people like, you know, forget about, you know, forget about, what's uh, traditional or what's, you know, by the book or what, but what people like, what just interests people. And I think one of the things that works well for you is people like the truth. I mean, I know that sounds old-fashioned now, you know, with all the craziness in the world, and the world's crazy. I don't care what, what your politics are, what this, I don't give a freak. The world's, the world's crazy right now and, and scary, quite frankly. But there's one thing, you know, they always said to me, you know, all the guys that I grew up with would say, Teddy, no matter how bad things go, there's two things that will always continue, people will continue to buy it and go after it. One is alcohol, one is cigarettes. But truth is another one. I I I think even more so when things go bad because because you look for something to secure you, something to give you hope, something yeah. you can trust. And there's so many frauds, especially in media, politicians, whatever. You know, me knowing what I've done in my life, what I have done, what I haven't done, and most of it's out there. It, the truth, people always ask. It's like how most of the dust ups I get in. You know, it's like, how do you end up coming across, keeping your brand? It's like, because I know the truth is on my side. It's easy to be right when when you know you the truth is on your side. Like, things that have been said about me, I'm not worried about somebody opening some door I'm trying to keep closed. It's already all open. So I have nothing to hide. And, it, and in that respect, it gives me freedom to just say whatever I want. Because it, it, I'm not waiting for somebody to be, oh, you, you whoa, this guy's talking. I got I got the smoking gun. There is none. It, uh, all the bullets have been fired at me. So... Uh, and I'm still here, and people know me for better or for worse. I think sometimes people who are new to Barstool don't – it's 20 years old. This is no overnight success stories. I'm hanging out, handing out newspapers outside subways in Boston, um, and, and I use the term brick by brick for Barstool. Our foundation is built with brick. Like, our fans have been following me for two decades. They know who I am. They know that I tell the truth. They know that – I do some things you may be, oh, I can't believe you did that, but it, it, it's all out there. And that's why they stand by me and us when uh, we end up in these controversies. All right, guys, quick break to give a shout out to one of today's sponsors, NordVPN, very private network, virtual private network. When I'm traveling, I'm often using unsecure hotel or airport Wi-Fi or unsecure Wi-Fi networks at coffee shops, etc. Public Wi-Fi's like these are notorious for getting your data hacked, which can be a nightmare. And trust me, it's happened to me multiple times. And it's happened to friends of mine. It's easy to use, doesn't slow you down your connection, make sure all your data is private and protected. I even use it at home just for an added layer of security and peace of mind. Go to nordvpn.com slash atlas to get up to 61% 
percent off a two-year Nord VPN plan. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, go to nordvpn.com/atlas to get 61 percent off a two-year Nord VPN plan. You know, I mentioned before when I brought you into this discussion about truth. I said there's two things out there that that. You know, we'll, no matter what, no matter what happens, we'll always sell. But there's actually three of them, alcohol, cigarettes, and sports. No matter what, people will find a way to get to those things. But yep. the other thing, so many things, obviously, on your resume, if you want to put it that way, but that you've done on your radar. But for me, there's nothing that tops, no matter whether it's sports, news, whatever it is, when you're in the news industry, when you're in the television industry, as you're in, uh, whatever way you want to identify it, there's nothing bigger than interviewing the president of the United States of America. How, how did that come? I mean, that was... Yeah, so that was nuts. So I, so I, had, I got 24 hours. They asked me. So I was on vacation, actually, and somebody on my team called like, hey, uh, Trump wants to interview in the Rose Garden, t- wants you to interview him in the Rose Garden tomorrow. I was like, holy moly. Now, I try, and people point, I try not to be political with Barstool because I do believe, for us, the old Michael Jordan quote, red states buy sneakers, blue states uh, buy sneakers. Barstool is a for-profit company, and I want everybody buying T-shirts. I don't want to piss anybody off. Having said that, any sitting president, Ask me to interview him. I'm going to go interview him. It was surreal. I never interviewed anybody. So, uh, you know, I went. He didn't really know who I was. I think a lot of people at the White House were fans. But I had my small crew. And then as the interview got closer, they basically said, none of your guys can come to the actual interview. They have like 30 of his team surrounding. It was an intimidating thing. It was a surreal thing. Uh it, it, I, I still almost look back. I, I still kind of can't even believe it happened. He was super nice to me. Uh, I always tell the story. He took me there. There's this little like um, place that they were selling merch and gift stuff. He, he goes, Dave, come here, come here. And he pulls me into this little cl- closet. He goes, this is the Monica Lewinsky closet. That's good. That's pretty damn good. No. No, so it was a surreal day. I'd never been to the white house. Um, and I'm kind of like into that stuff. Like you see all this history <laughs> in this building. It was uh, it was a very cool experience. Mariano Rivera was there. Uh, it was uh, it, it's just like what the what what the hell am I doing here? Type moment, you know. I it, it came across so fast, so quick, and I you know some people, the people who like Trump, like you did a great job. People who didn't like Trump, like you asked them softball questions. Like I don't know anything about politics. What do you expect me to ask? Like he could answer anything. I think that's why people like you is you're relatable. Like in, in, in the back of their minds, they think I could be him. Yeah, they really believe that because you're just an honest person, all your, any mistakes you've made, you lean into them. You're not avoiding them with your tapes that get revealed on the internet. I'm like, Oh my God, could you imagine something like this? And you're just like, yeah, that's me. I think it's me. It looks like me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you, you play it perfectly. Yeah. I think you've really, really replaced Howard Stern as the king of all media. He's kind of gone off the rails with his uh, yeah, left-leaning he, views. Different. but It's one of those things where, for us, and I, I've said it before as well, it's, you know, we're not like a, a boxer or a professional basketball player. Those guys, 
for the most part, they're told from what? Sixth grade on, they're the best. You're the best. Nobody says no to them. We all had nine to five jobs. Like I know, I, I you know, it, Barstool, I started when I was 25. I had a sales job I hated. I didn't make a penny on it until I'm in my 30s. I know what it's like on the other side to be cold calling and hate to wake up in the morning. So I think maybe, <laughs> luckily, we appreciate it a little bit more. And we're just normal guys who got very lucky at right place, right time, made it work. But, you know, like a lot of these big athletes, if nobody's ever said no and you've never had to be like a real human, you, you can probably get caught up in believing you are better than everybody else. Yeah, 100%. I remember you, it brings me to a story. I used to get asked to go around different football teams to talk to them and stuff, whatever. And years ago, Mangini was the coach of, uh, he was the coach of the Jets. and, and He's uh, on my shit list. Uh, is he really? Is he? Yeah, he ratted out the Patriots. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I got you. So he he and um, he and Tannenbaum, it really came from him, asked me if I were they're boxing fans, especially Mangini. So he said, could we get Teddy Atlas to come and talk to the team? So I talk, and that led into me, believe it or not, for three years that he was there training the Jets where I would, you know, train them and give them boxing lessons. And uh, it was not just about the athleticism attached to it and the parallels with that, uh, you know, reflexes and, you know, different skills that could be honed a little bit. But it was about the mental side, about going into dark places, about being tougher mentally, about not caving in when when you're in that kind of situation, you know. And um, so I, I did it. And then when I got finished doing, I got asked to come back uh, a year or so later. Uh, one of the coaches asked me, just come by one of the workouts. So I came by one of the workouts. I think the it was a real good play. I think it was Brandon Marshall. Good kid. Smart guy. Very smart. He does TV stuff. A great wide receiver. Big, strong guy. And anyway, he comes up to I had never met him before. And during the practice, I'm walking around with the coach. All of a sudden, he comes up to me and says, Hey, Teddy, how you doing? I said, Yeah, hey, good. How you doing? Man? He says, Would you train me? And, um, you know, it didn't take, uh, sometimes it takes a minute, but it took a second. I said, No. And um, what? You won't train me? I, I gotta, you know, I I go to I go to where you want to go. I go to there's a gym in New Jersey. We got. You won't train me? I said no. I no not, no not thinking about training you right now. And you know it was real nice. You know we became good friends. He came to my charity dinner after that uh, and everything. He, he's a great guy. But when I said it to him, he was so shocked. To your point. He was so, you would have thought like somebody hit him with something. And he just stood there. And then the, I remember the coach, it was Bobby April, who was the special teams coach, good guy. He, he turns, one of the best in the business at it. He turns to me as we walk away. He says, that, they are not used to that. He goes, that, that is something that players don't hit. He goes, you yeah. just hit yeah. him with like with a punch from from nowhere and, and took the air out of him because they're just not used to hearing that. Yep. And Especially now with all the money, they're, they're surrounded by so many guys who, who I think their entire existence is basically say yes to them, you know, coddle them, say well, yes. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a serious problem that they, no, they pay for later. I mean, without getting too deep uh into all that stuff but 
you know, sooner or later, you know, like that, remember that Fram oil filter commercial? So you got to, you got to pay sooner or later. You got to pay, pay now or pay later. You, you fix it now, you get the oil filter, or you're going to be getting a freaking new engine uh, later, but pay me now or pay me later. Well, it's kind of that way in life, whether it's sports or anything that you get these guys that are privileged, you know, because like you said, sixth grade, they're, they're special. They're special. And listen, they were given God-given talent, but they worked their ass off to develop it. I give them credit for that. But when they get spent, all of a sudden, people are catering to them. People are, you know, yes men. People anything they want. And it's a bad signal because life isn't really that way. <laughs> it's, yep. it's not really true. And someday you get a bad awakening and it causes these guys to go down bad places. But the, the last thing I want to say to you and talking about liking and not liking we were talking about that it brings me to thank you for putting me on your not hating list um of people you don't hate <laughs> yeah i yeah. i appreciate that um where you're that, welcome Ted. that was an exclusive list to be on i mean it was it, it, it wasn't i'll tell you it wasn't a long list and um, no, I know. It, it was a short, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, wow, that was nice of them. Uh, people I do not hate. And I said, yeah. it's not a lot of them. Um, yeah, God, that came about. I was saying, I, because I said I hated somebody. It's like somebody's, I don't even know who. They're like, all you do is hate everybody. You don't like a black. It. Yeah, right. So I said, all right, fine. I'll, <laughs> I'll start compiling a list of people I don't hate. And it wasn't, you're right, Teddy. It wasn't very long. <laughs> no, I mean, that was the thing that made me feel good. You know, kind of. By the way, Dave, how is, uh, I don't know how Teddy Atlas doesn't have a barstool collab of some sort. You couldn't have a more honest truth teller on your team than the legend Teddy Atlas. It would oh, seem I like know. a we match made in heaven it. to me. We talked about it a little bit and it was then COVID hit. It, it like in everything, like everything we started doing, we stopped doing basically. So that was the first time we've kind of had to pause, which everybody did at the time, but no doubt about it. I'm actually, I, again, the, with what. I'm sorry. Like, I, I didn't plan this. I, I didn't put him up to this. I'm sorry. We're not even recording. Dave, he's going to yell at me afterwards. No, I, it's a no, bro. I can't believe with the amount of UFC in, and I don't know what happened because Teddy, I've known about you forever, but there was a time this before we met where you were, I feel like every big fight we were getting your reactions on ESPN, like within seconds and they were going viral. You and uh, Stephen A were doing a lot together. Yeah, we did. Um, and, and, and then it, it, I haven't seen as much of that light. I don't know what well, I got pushed out a little bit without getting into the long haul of it. Um, I used a word that when, when, Quite frankly, when Aram kind of took over the box and came to them, you know, with a, a new idea of doing exclusive top rank stuff, um, and then you know, and he's he's getting like ninety million a year from ESPN. Again, if we're going to talk, we're going to talk. Uh, I'm going to either shut my mouth or talk the truth, and, and sometimes maybe I should shut my mouth to be quite honest. But uh, you know, he came along. And after, you know, 20 years of me doing what I was doing and everything was good, he came along and he's got this deal with ESPN. And in one of the fights, one of his fights, big fight, uh, it was in Australia. It was a huge fight. It was Manny Pacquiao at the later part of his career. And I used the word corruption. I said, this sport is corrupt. And 
once I said that word, he uh, he made it his business to uh, move me out because you know I was just doing again. I don't want no metal. I was doing. I I understood. I made my choice. I understood. Not everyone's gonna love that word, but it was a word that I thought needed to be said because for me it was the truth. It was the truth, and um, well, so I used that word. And then next thing you know, you know, it was told to me that Aram has this ninety million dollar year deal with ESPN, and uh, he went to the the powers that be at that time, a guy named John Skipper, who's not there anymore, and oh, yeah. you know he had, he had his own problems, <laughs> whatever. And and then uh, next thing you know. He's saying, you know, I can't have him there. I can't have him saying this. I'm making money over here. I, I, I can't have him throwing around words about this sport of corruption. And next thing you know, uh, no more Teddy Atlas, at least. Yeah, that's crazy because as much as, like, you, you're saying you're a dinosaur with the flip phones and whatnot, you're, you're actually made for this era. Your reactions are made for exactly for, for, for this world. So that that – I guess something had to happen because it, it is, I mean, that dynamic and he's great. Like, I don't love it. Everybody at ESPN, but Stephen A. Also All right, tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. He, he's, listen, I joke with him. He's my brother from another mother and all that stuff. And, you know, he, uh, he's great. I love Stephen A. And, you know, we, you guys had a great dynamic. We, we used to have a good time together. We had a good time. And his sister loved me. That was the best part. He's got a few sisters. And his sister said, you better stop yelling at Teddy. You better listen to Teddy. You stop yelling. And he said, you got my sister after you. I said, well, she's, she's smart. I appreciate her. You should listen to her, Stephen. So uh, yeah. no, I've, I, some of the best stuff I did was with him. Yeah. I got two questions. Are you moving to Nashville? Did you say that before? No, that that I I, I toyed with that idea, but I'm not. No, I got you. All right, I I, mo I moved from LA to Nashville last year. That's number one. But number two, is there any chance by some miracle we win tonight and we win the title in five? Maybe yeah, there's I, some magic we can win two for one. Well, I, yeah, the two for one would be nice. I'd love to win in five. I I don't know what we got going on in this series. Uh, I, I I think they're going to win it, but three-game season, two of them in Golden State, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I, I can't wait for the game. Big I'm game tonight. I mean, they can they lose to win, still win the series. No, I, they, could, they could still win. I think it probably is going seven. I don't know that either team can beat each other. I mean, we'll have to beat them twice, but who knows? Yeah, at the end of the day, I believe that it's going to go seven, you know, because both teams – uh, behave like champions when their backs against the wall. They they show character. I mean, it's that simple. I know the talent. I get it. I get that Steph Curry's the greatest shooter in the history of game. I get it. I get that him and Clay are the best shooting backcourt in the history of game. I get it. Um, but at the end of the day, it still comes down. Thank God in this world to character, and when and that gets tested. And both have shown that when their back was against the wall, they won when they had to win. Um, I think that the Celtics have to win in their mind. You just said it. Going back to California, they have to win in their mind tonight. I think that they will. And um, yes, I know a lot of people say it's defense against offense. You know, it's it's all about that, about shutting down the offense, the prolific scoring machine of, of what the Warriors are, you know, and the defensive abilities of Boston. But at the end of the day, if 
the Warriors are going to win, even at home. They're going to have to play defense too. They're going to have to. Well, I mean, that's uh, how they won the last game. Yeah, that's Curry exactly. Was, and that's exactly. what I said earlier. Celtics scored what? Two points? Exactly right. And that's what I said. I said, everyone talks about it's either offense or defense. You know, it's about the prolific, you know, explosiveness of the Warriors. It's about that the defense of the Celtics. I said, but at the end of the day, when the Warriors have to play defense, they play defense. And when they play defense, then they're hard to beat. Then, then it's very interesting in this series. So I think at the end of the day, I would say it's going to go seven. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Celtics, believe it or not. I appreciate it. you got two Boston guys yeah, here. Well, so I hope so. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Dave, I want to thank you, first of all, for coming on the show. As I, and I thanked you at the top, but I want to thank you here uh, for coming on. You know, your time is valuable and... I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Hopefully I exhibited that or expressed that during the show for just being honest and, um, you know, being who you are. And uh, thank you. I, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm a huge fan, obviously. So uh, hopefully connect soon. Um, but I, no problem. I enjoyed it. Just talk to talk to my agent, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> two, two quick things. Number one. Uh, let's figure out a way to get Teddy involved with Barstool. And number two, would you do us a solid and share the link to this interview when yeah, it course. comes out? Yeah, of course. You're the, you're the best. All right. Appreciate you, Dave. All Hopefully right. we'll run into each other at one of these fights. Yeah. Thank you for your time. See you guys later. All right. Thanks, later. sir.